LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the Five Leadership Questions Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Atkins, and today I'm here with Daniel M. Hello, hello. Okay, so usually that was more than normal. That was radio voice more than more than you usually do. Well, especially when it was like radio slash WrestleMania. Oh, <laughs> in I that corner, there. weighing three hundred and twenty pounds. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. That's more of my thing. And yeah, it's not monster that's truck. Monster truck. Oh not man, radio. I'm sad because the next time sad. monster truck is in town, I've never gone, but I want to take my son. You should. I know, but I'm not. I don't, there's some conflict the next time they're in town here. It's life changing. I'll yeah. take him. Let's go. <laughs> I want to share that. I've never been. <laughs> I, I personally want to go and see cars get destroyed. So. Here's what here's what happens. Uh, my experience in the Monster Truck Show. Anticipation builds for weeks. So go ahead and get those tickets early when you do. Yeah. And just talk about it a lot. Because uh, once they get there, you'll have to put headphones on them uh, or some kind of noise-canceling device. Um, it will be awesome amazing for probably 20 minutes <laughs> really and then they're like hey can i can i see your phone no you can't see my phone yeah well um, when we go take our kids to sporting games even last time we took them to baseball here right. at the nashville sounds i mean Nothing. it was the middle of the first <laughs> like it wasn't how even, long is this yeah <laughs> and they were like can we get hot dogs now and i was like no you have to wait till the third inning and then I, I, I tried to space it out. Right. You know, in the middle of the, you know, in the seventh inning stretch, we'll get popcorn and we'll do this. And all they wanted was the food. <laughs> it was like, so, this is boring. That's interesting because, um, so James, my oldest, uh, he, of course, you know, he's an Atkins, so he gets bored really easily. But at a baseball game, it's a different story. Mm. Why? Because... He does not look at the front of the baseball card. The boy looks at the back of the oh, baseball fascinating. card. Loves the stats. Yeah. Okay. He played Little League for the first time this year and kept his own stats. That is amazing. After the game. That's awesome. <coughs> he showed me his card like a week later. I was like, you made a baseball card of yeah. yourself and <laughs> kept your stats. That's incredible. Awesome. Well, Moneyball, stats matter. They do. All right. Well, today we are going to be doing another book breakdown. Cue the music. <laughs> and today we are going to be doing it on Patrick Lencioni's classic, Death by Meeting. Oh. Yes. Now he's done. We could probably do a book breakdown on every one of his books, but this one is the book. It is. Yeah, it really is. Well, he does have a couple of the books, doesn't he? But this was classic. This was like, was it his first one or it might have been his second one? Yeah, it was It was early on. It was early on. Yeah. You know, the difficulty I have with a book like Death by Meeting is that I like to use it and use things from it, but this is a case where I often don't practice what I preach. It <laughs> we're, is, we're getting real here, right? We're going to get real here real quick because <laughs> um, it's hard for me to do a podcast about Death by Meeting when Daniel sits through meetings that I lead. Um, yes. And oftentimes we'll have meeting stew. It, it, it's, which we'll it, talk about later on. Meeting stew. <laughs> meeting stew. All right. So I like to have fun in meetings. No, it's saying. fun. No, every meeting is fun. It is fun. <laughs> and we get we, stuff done after have, the meeting. <laughs> we, have, we do have a good time. Yeah. Occasionally we have good meetings. But in part, that's why we try to have like 
shorter meetings. Yeah. So we're going to get into the four different types of meetings. And maybe it's been a while since you've read the book. This is going to be a great recap, a great synopsis of the meetings. And we do hope if this is your first time tuning into one of our book breakdowns, we have a set of questions that we ask about the book to try to help you apply this business secular leadership book into your church, what you should apply, what you shouldn't. If you haven't caught our other book breakdown episodes, you can go back into our catalog and do that. But before we get into that, we just wanted to mention uh, mention the podcast network, the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. And if you haven't checked out any of the other ones, oh, be sure to it. do that. Yeah, you can go to leadership.lifeway.com slash podcasts. That's podcast with an S at the end. And you'll be able to see all the ones that are a part of it. Sweet. All right. Well, let's get into it. The first question, what is this book and why does it matter? I mean, we've kind of talked about it a little bit. This book is obviously about meetings. Uh, and for a lot of organizations, uh, meetings are a blessing and a curse because it's there's no time that's more valuable and no time that is more wasted yeah. in most organizations than those around meetings. There are meetings. There's some cultures that are based around meetings. So it's just ridiculous. Mm. So when you think about this, we all have meetings. Right. And that's why this book is relevant. Uh, and sometimes the meetings are great and other times they are not. So this is going to help you uh, regardless of what your meeting culture is. This book and, and today's episode, this book breakdown is going to help you in all the meetings that you are a part of in terms of how do you lead up and also the ones that you are leading. All right. So our quick hitters on this book, who is the author? Well, Patrick Lencioni is the founder of yeah. The Table Group author of 11 books. Wow, this is crazy. I'm reading his bio right now. His 11? 11 books have sold over 5 million copies and have been translated into 30 languages. <laughs> and what am I doing with my life? <laughs> yeah. And he loves Jesus. And he, he does. loves Jesus. He has always awesome. loved Jesus. Yeah. And he hasn't always been as vocal. <laughs> That's true. Right? But it's cool to see I, that. I yeah. really appreciate that about somebody like him who... Um, cause I can remember early on hearing rumblings of, Hey, he's, he's thinking about it. He's, you know, toying with it. And yeah, then like, like, does he talk about yeah, it? And, then yeah, he's yeah. a believer. And then on top of that, no, now he's, he's growing more and more outspoken, not less and less. And in the climate of today's society, I think that's a good thing. Oh yeah. I mean, if you look at, we'll, we'll probably do. We'll have to do another book breakdown on his latest book, The Ideal Team Player. It's probably his best book. <laughs> but if you look at that book, at the end of it, he talks about his faith, right? And he talks about, um, yeah, a final thought. And he just kind of goes into it. It's just, it's, yeah, it's been really inspiring to see that with uh, by Patrick Lanzioni. So who is this book written for? Everybody. Really? It's yeah, people everyone. that are in meetings, people that are leading meetings because... Bad leading meetings lead to bad decisions. Yeah. Bad leading bad meetings lead to bad leadings. <laughs> did you see what I did there, Freudianly? I didn't even try to do that and I was messing that up. <laughs> but it made sense. Bad yes, leadings and bad lead meetings. There Something. you go. There you go. All right. Favorite I need quotes. To drink more of this. <laughs> All right. Favorite drink, quotes. I'll, I'll go again. first. First, meetings are boring. Okay, this is not me. This is Patrick's. This is a quote from his book. First, meetings are boring. They are tedious, unengaging, and dry. Even if people had nothing else to do with their time, the monotony of sitting through an uninspired staff meeting 
conference call, or two-day off-site would have to rank right up there with the most painful <laughs> activities of modern business culture. And when we consider that most of the people struggling through those meetings do indeed have other things to do, that pain is only amplified. We yeah. all get that. All right. right? I'm going to go with a, a, a different quote. To make meetings less boring, leaders must look for legitimate reasons to provoke and uncover relevant, constructive, ideological conflict. Mm. By doing so, they keep people engaged, which leads to more passionate discussions and ultimately better decisions. So you've heard me talk about multiple times on the podcast how important conflict is in moving anything, any organization or any idea mm -hmm. forward. Yeah, that's true. No, I love that quote. I love that quote because, you know, at the beginning of the second section of the book, and we'll get into how he writes his books if you haven't read any of it uh, a little bit later in the podcast. But in the second section of his book, he really does talk about this idea of building tension. And every movie, every story, the reason it's good is because tension is there and tension is built. And, and in order to make meetings better, there needs to be that tension as well. Uh, so yeah, that, that'll actually lead to better discussions. You got any more quotes? Engagement. I got one more. All right, you go ahead. Uh, to make our meetings more effective, we need to have multiple types of meetings and clearly distinguish between the various purposes, formats, and timings of those meetings. So That's good. I think in retrospect, I hadn't really realized how much of this I've put into pipeline. Mm. Because I'll talk about conflict and I, you know, I use the idea of conflict a lot in somebody's competency and being able to handle conflict. But the bigger thing is when we get to systems and we get into skills and I start to talk about what are the cadence of meetings that you have at your church and have you established across your church how often meetings occur, what the purpose of the meeting is. Um, so I, I think that in retrospect, that's where this came from. That idea came from, and I didn't even really realize that. The format, purpose, and timing of those meetings are vital. That's good. That's good. And you know what? For uh, when we talk about how this book is applicable in the church, in the local church, which is our, our next question after our, our last two quick hitters, we'll actually walk through each of those four meeting types. All right. Next quick hitter is what are some similar books? Uh, there's all actually his, all 11. <laughs> similar, right? Yeah. What, okay. So what's similar about his books is that other than the advantage, all of them pretty much are broken into two, you know, two parts. One part is the narrative and the other part is the, the, you know, the, the meat of the ideas. And I have a love hate relationship with that, honestly. Okay. What do you like better? Which side? What do you think I like better? The ideas, the thoughts? I like I I don't like narrative. I'm like just get to the chase. This these are the kind of books that I read through, you know, and then Tom and Bill, you know, Tom yeah. and Bill's discussion, their dialogue. I don't care about Tom and Bill's dialogue. I can figure <laughs> that out on my own. Yeah. So, which is really weird because I I like visual frameworks and all that. I would rather you give me something historical, yeah, than narrative. So, mm. if we're talking about strategy don't give me a story about strategy that you made up that's give me like a real historical incident and like case study break it down for me yeah versus that's it 
one that you made up. Yeah, Personally, that's, that's what I like. Yeah, that's an interesting way to think about it because uh, our next question is, is this book a summary skim, sit down or listen and why? And what's interesting is as I've, I've only listened to one of his books, the latest one, The Ideal Team Player. I've never listened to a book. Yeah. A, a Lencioni book. So what's fascinating is in all the other books that I've read of his, I usually will start reading the beginning and then I'll eventually just skip it and go straight to the points at the end. But when I was listening on Audible, I actually liked the first half, the first half more than the second half. I can see that because we were talking before the show started. Um, I was talking about uh, business wars, how much I love business yeah. wars, which is all narrative. Yeah, and is. I just said, hey, on the way historical. back, on the way back from a consult, I did. I binge listened to I don't know how many episodes. Um, between plane rides and and all that, so yeah, <laughs> it was. I went through two different sets of stories, probably ten podcasts. Yeah, well, that's a pretty big investment. That is, that is, and when you look at uh, this book in specific, I think whether you some read it. And I, here's the thing, actually, you don't really need to even buy a summary of any of his books because the latter half is the summary. <laughs> exactly. Like he writes it so to the point. So good. Dude. Yeah. And what was, um, so other than the, the, his book, The Advantage, right? His book, The Advantage was all <laughs> leadership, all to the point. There's so no narrative. I'm going to say, listen to the first half and sit down and read the second half. <laughs> yeah. Or skip the first half. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, but I, you I, do need to sit down and read the second half. Yeah. No, you're right. And I do appreciate that. All right. So our next question, how is this applicable to leadership in the church? All right. Let me read something from you uh, for you from his book here. To make our meetings more effective, we need to have multiple types of meetings and clearly distinguish between the various purposes, formats, and timing of those meetings, right? It's a recap of what Todd said earlier. And here's the next part of that. The single biggest structural problem facing leaders of meetings is the tendency to throw every type of issue that needs to be discussed into the same meeting. This is what he calls meeting stew. So it's like a bad stew with too many random ingredients. Desperate to minimize wasted time, leaders decide that they'll have one big staff meeting either once a week or every other week. They sit down in a room for two or three or four hours and hash everything out. Sales strategies, expense policies, potential mergers, employee recognition programs, budgets, and branding so that everyone can get back to their quote-unquote real work. Unfortunately, this only ensures that the meeting will be ineffective and unsatisfying for everyone. Why? Because some people want the meeting to be informative and quick and efficient exchange of data and tactical information. Others think it should be interactive and strategic, providing key analysis and data to make critical decisions. Others would like to step back and take a breath and talk meaningfully about the company, culture, and people. And others, lastly, would just want to make clear decisions and move on. Who's right? And others <laughs> just want to have a good time. <laughs> yes. And that is why, that is why for the rest of the podcast, we're going to be breaking down what these four meeting types are so that you don't have meetings to, uh, and what it looks like in a practical church, local church context to have these four types of meetings. Right. All right. Number one, the daily check-in. Now, to give you a brief summary of what he's talking about, the daily check-in, it's basically supposed to be about five minutes long. 
the purpose and the format is about just daily schedule, you know, talking about your schedules and, and what's going on. And, and the keys to success for this is don't sit down, uh, keep it administrative to the point because you really only, only have five minutes and don't cancel it even when some people can't be there. All right. So that is the daily check-in, Todd. Yes. Do you think this works in the local church? Um, I think this only works in the local church when you have a project that is um, timely and important. Meaning, so like a like a building campaign. Yeah, or we're about or, to launch a campus. Yeah, so okay. For ninety days out, we are having a stand up every single day, hmm. whether everybody can make it or not. And um, you know, I've talked about stand up meetings on the podcast before. Um, so go back and find that episode uh, and listen to that. But it really is to say the reason why we stand and we don't sit down is so people don't get too comfortable because people can only stand for 10 minutes, <laughs> 15 minutes before they get antsy anyway. That's one of the reasons why you do it, to keep people uh, short and sweet. And just it's really about what's going on today. Did I anything happen yesterday that I needed to tell everybody? What am I doing today? And then do I have any issues getting done uh, what I need to get done. Like, what are the problems I'm facing? Especially if it has to do with anything uh, with anybody else standing around in that meeting. Yeah, I like the parameters that you've placed around it. I'm thinking in a children's ministry at a typical church, there's going to be a part-time children's director, right? right? And maybe if the church has a full-time, they're probably not going to have any staff members under them, but they're going to have a lot of volunteers. Right. So if you have a lot of volunteers... Who are you going to do your check-in with? (laughs) Right? There's no one. But I like what you said there. Let's say you have VBS coming up. Right? And it's a couple weeks before VBS. You might not have a daily check-in. No. But what if it's the summer and you have interns? Then there's people in the office together. You can do that. And then every day you're doing VBS. Let's say it's even at nighttime, right? At 630. Well, you can bring all your leaders together at 6 o'clock, do a daily check-in, you know, with them, and then go on. So I think it works, you're right, when it's project-based. So, yeah, I mean, this gets into close to the, the closer to the second type of meeting, which is a weekly tactical meeting, 45 to 90 minutes, I would say 45 minutes to an hour. And I'll bet Lencioni in this day and age would probably say 45 to an hour because mm. the times they've changed. Yeah. Um, but it is the purpose of and the format. times they've changed. The times they are changing. <laughs> Review weekly activities and metrics. You want to resolve tactical obstacles and issues. This is not about strategy, again. And people will naturally drift towards strategy. That's both of our number one strength finder, right? Yep. Strategy. Uh, st- yeah, strategic is my fifth. Okay. Yeah, well, it's my number one. Maximizer is my number one. Okay. Yep. Maximizer is my number two. <laughs> yeah. Um, but strategy is something that I can drift into pretty quickly. Yeah. And and you, you usually do drift into that. Yes. <laughs> in our so I I feel like a lot of times on our weekly tacticals we will and we didn't talk about this beforehand so. No. Um my review is coming up soon. <laughs> Your performance review is coming yeah, up. Yeah, my soon. performance review is coming up. Uh but when it comes to our weekly tacticals, we do have a regular cadence. We do have a weekly staff meeting and we typically will actually mix the daily check-in with the tactical. We do because we've had, we've suffered from meeting drift. Yeah. 
We've suffered from purpose drift, just like our churches uh, often suffer from purpose drift. Mm. So what was the original purpose of this, and is it still the case, or have we allowed ourselves to drift? And part of why some part of why we drift sometimes is laziness, because mm. it's just easier to just meet and do and not have to think about an agenda. Yeah. But doing having an agenda ever, for every single meeting and everybody understanding the agenda is is important because you're going to have less drift and the people understand uh, there's clear expectations for it. So I, that's one thing I would highly recommend. Um, let me get it back into keys to success. Don't set this agenda until after initial reporting and postpone strategic decisions. So Save that for the next type of meeting. Do you want to break down the next type of meeting? Uh, yeah. Well, before we go into the next type of meeting, actually, um, the interesting thing about this meeting specifically is, and and every meeting, actually, you'll need to probably every six months to a year relook at your your meeting formats and see, okay, have we drifted? Uh, is this still is this rhythm still working? Do we need to mix things up just a little bit? Uh, and is everyone keeping one another accountable, right? So part of it is if there's that clear articulation of, hey, guys, this is our weekly tactical. But look, we have a time, we have two to three hours, right? Our monthly strategic, we have that set out for this specific topic. We need to stop this discussion and push it there. And let's just keep on going on with our meetings. And we have done that multiple times. Yes. We have done that. Um, but part of it is and just this conversation reminding. probably result in us doing that again. I would say one of the the things that might be super helpful for you is to, you know, go ahead and from a quarterly perspective, we'll talk about uh, monthly meetings here in a minute and then quarterly meetings later, but quarterly check your or audit your weekly meetings. So go back and look at the, the previous agendas uh, and see, do they still align with that initial purpose? And yeah. are you still doing those? If you do, uh, if you set a reminder, you're going to forget. So it's not like you're going to trick yourself into doing great when you're really not. You're going to totally forget this. So when this pops up on your calendar, you're like, oh man, I need to look at the last couple agendas. Did they fit this framework that I've originally yeah, set out? completely. And right now at my church, I serve as a teaching pastor and I, and I don't lead a team at my church. But the previous church I was at um, in the team that I led, the way that I actually... Uh, pivoted and contextualized these Pivot. four yeah the contextualize these four types of meetings is instead of a daily check-in i had a weekly one-on-one -on -one with each of my uh, team members and in that weekly one-on-one -on -one, it was 30 to 45 minutes um it didn't really fit under any of this it was more of a me connecting with them personally uh you know talking about what they're working on helping them problem solve you know it's just the whole situational leadership are they s1 s2 s3 s4 and and that was different each way but the the thing about the weekly tactical and this is what lencioni talks about he talks about this idea called the lightning round uh the reason the lightning round is so important uh, in a sense, if you are leading a team, you know what everyone's working on. So the lightning round and the lightning round is this idea where uh, in a minute, uh, in, in you know, no more than a minute, every team member is work going around the table and sharing what are they working on? What are their priorities this past week, this upcoming week? Uh, so it's just a really quick, really quick summary at the beginning, at the top of the weekly just so everyone knows what else is going on. Now, as a leader, you know all that information. Nothing in that weekly, you know, the, the lightning round should be new to you. 
But the reason it's important is because not everyone else will know. And for everyone else to know what each other are working on, that'll actually help the team dynamic uh, and it'll help people to be able to serve one another and, and pe to be able to even help one another and, and know what everyone else is working on. All right, so that's the big thing that I wanted to emphasize on the weekly tactical. All right, the next meeting is our monthly strategic. So these are going to be a little longer. And we practice these, fair, I think, pretty much every month where we'll do a two to three hour meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, and usually everybody uh, is happy and okay with that because lunch. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great excuse to have lunch and provide lunch for everyone. This episode is brought to you by Jimmy John's. <laughs> <laughs> or Chick-fil-A. Yes. Who just moved not too far from us. Oh, I know. So They've already gotten great. a lot of our business. They have. <laughs> and will continue to do so. Yep. Um, but this is where you discuss, analyze, brainstorm, decide critical issues. This is usually where I walk in with a big stack of Post-it notes yes. that I've pre-built uh, in my office for us to kind of walk through that framework. Um, we're usually limiting that to one or two big topics like, okay, what's pipeline going to look like for the next year? Or uh, as we move to blueprint coaching, um, how are we going to make sure that people know what that is and how are we going to differentiate it from things we've done in the past? You know, all of those things. So I think it's really, uh, these are really important on what you decide to cover because you're going to take a deeper dive into whatever it is. So yeah. you have to do prepare for it. You have to do some research and you have to be prepared that there's going to be some conflict because you are getting into some strategy here. Yeah. So let's give them a practical example of just one of the recent monthly strategics we did a couple months ago. And that was about pricing. So for us, mm, yeah. I mean, Lifeway Leadership is all about serving the church in her mission of making disciples, serving the church and church leaders. So uh, as you guys probably know in listening to the podcast, we have a platform called Ministry Grid where we have over 3,000 videos, 700 plus courses, all to help you develop leaders. Tons of templates. Yeah. Job Role profiles, yeah. job descriptions, meet, stuff like meeting templates and yeah. how to do a meeting and exactly. what the cadence is, all that stuff. Just so much training and the library is so vast. And most of it is content that we brought experts in. So, for example, Steve Gladen. We didn't bring Rick Warren to talk about how Saddleback does small groups. No, you bring We brought Gladen. Steve Gladen in because he's the, the guy that did it there. Uh, same with guest services. We didn't bring J.D. Greer in from the Summit Church. No. We brought in Danny Franks. So these number two guys, these experts in their areas. So this was the tension that we had as a team. We Ministry Grid has been around for a while. Yep. And we recently, last year, launched a brand new version of it. And uh, we weren't serving the number of churches that we were hoping to serve. Right. Right. And what we basically did was, <laughs> here's the funny thing, right? Old ministry grid, it was like based on your church's worship attendance, you paid. Which, which is the first time anybody like actually underplayed the amount of people that attended <laughs> their church. Yeah. <laughs> Before exactly. it would be like, yeah, we've got thousand. Wait, no. Oh, uh, 200. Yeah, we've got a couple hundred people there. <laughs> So uh, so what we did with the new version as we were getting feedback from churches, churches were like, oh, no, we just want to pay for the people who are actually on. So we did that. Uh, yeah. And people were like, well, actually, no, actually, <laughs> if, so if that's like, the case, you know what? we're here to serve churches. Let's just do unlimited. Yeah. Let's go so, for it. Exactly. So what would it look like 
to get rid of all pricing tiers and just go one price unlimited for everyone. And the, and the why that drove this, because we want to serve churches. Right. And if, if we don't get subscriptions and we lose our jobs and uh, I mean, no one's paying our bills for us. No. Right. <laughs> so the thing that we had to deal with is obviously we needed to make the numbers work, but more than that, it was, Hey, let's just take a step back and be like, Hey, if we truly want to serve all church leaders, and if 75% of church leaders say, yes, leadership development is important, but only a quarter have a plan in place to do it. That's 92% say it's important. Okay. So, and, and but less than a, a quarter, right? Less than a quarter have a plan in place. Right. Then maybe by having, having to make churches decide how many volunteers to train and how many not to, that's actually going against the why. It is. So let's have an <laughs> abundance mentality and make it unlimited. Yeah. Now, that's where I currently am and can be happy in sunshine and rainbows about all that. I don't know that that's where I started from. Okay. I don't know that was my starting place. I can't remember where, which side I was landing on coming into the meeting. But the interesting thing is we would all say that was a great decision because in like, you know, the last couple of months, there's been five, 600 churches that have come onto the grid. Brand new churches, yeah. Brand new churches that hadn't been on before or some that had been on the first one and it didn't go so well. Yeah. So if you haven't been on in a long time and you were on, you definitely need to check it out. Um, but the the big thing for us was coming to that agreement and that we really wrestled with that decision for for. A couple well, hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then maybe a little bit after that, are we doing the right thing? And so we said, we're going to do a test. And man, that test went really well. Yeah, it did. And churches responded and we were like, oh, okay, this was this was a, a wise decision. Yeah. So for you, I know previous strategics that I've been a part of is, hey, should we, and within when I was um, full-time pastoring a church was, should we continue our Christmas musical? Ooh. Right. Do not bring that up in a weekly tactical. No. <laughs> right. Do we do that? And what about Christmas Eve services, especially if Christmas Eve is on Monday? What do you do when Christmas Eve is on Monday? Uh, there you can't. That's not a weekly tactical. It's right. like, <laughs> right. And issues like, OK, what about our kids ministry? And or we need should we go multi-site or should we? Go? So a lot of these bigger discussions that you know, hey, this needs to happen, or I don't have clarity on this, but we're talking about it. And let's say it comes up in a weekly tactical or it comes up in your weekly staff meeting. And, and it's like you, everyone knows you need to talk about it, but, uh, but everyone's kind of frustrated when we talk about it in the weekly staff meeting because it never gets resolved. Why don't you lead up? If you don't lead a team, why don't you lead up and say, hey, what if we table this and do a full meeting just on this topic? I challenge you to do that. Yeah. And there's going to be sometimes where, you know, the uh, a portion of the team that is, you know, for better or for worse at the top of the food chain, they're just going to have to come. They're just going to have to say, you know, we're going to come back with a decision, mm -hmm. especially if you've wrestled with it for a couple of different meetings. The other thing I would say is there's some people will want to save this for like a staff retreat. <laughs> and I'm like, don't table everything for a staff retreat. Yeah. But um, the staff retreat, or in Lencioni's terms, a quarterly offsite review, right. uh, is that's a great lead in to our last into the last type of meeting. Which is the quarterly offsite <laughs> review. <laughs> so that's one to two days long, right? That is I don't know, and I don't know how many churches 
quarterly they will do, do quarterly. one to two days off. It's no. usually once a year. Yeah. Now we may have a half day. Yes. Quarterly or three times a year, our team even. Um, but I can't remember. Like I think maybe we would do twice a year. We would have a staff retreat one time, and one time we would do um, one or two day offsite onsite. We'd love to say. Yeah, and sometimes based on the size of your team, uh, sometimes it makes sense once a year for everyone to go offsite, uh, and then quarterly or or in the on the other half of the year for just your team to do that. Right. So if it's you leading ten small group leaders, they're all volunteer. Then what would it look like for you? half a year or once a year to say, hey, let's all go fishing, right? Or let's all go camping together and, and let's talk about groups. Can we go hunting? Yeah, or hunting or, or whatever. Go go play hockey, right? <laughs> so uh, these types of meetings are great. Uh, they're great to get out of the office. They're great to uh, review strategy. And this is, okay, this is, and this is where I'm going to differ with Lencioni a little bit here. Uh, he says that you should review strategy, industry trends, competitive landscape. I mean, what does that look like in the church context? <laughs> no, you don't need to do that. <laughs> key personnel, team development. And he, he actually says that a key to success is to focus on work and limit social activities. And yeah. So that's, that's where, where we differ. begin to, yeah, we totally differ as it relates to the church. So how about we continue talking about this in light of our next question, which is what are things churches should ignore from this book? And let's actually start with the quarterly offside and, and say how we would differ before we, as we, as we approach the end of this podcast. Well, okay. I will say I could get there a little bit with him depending on the type of church you are. So uh, I did a 90 second on different types of church culture mm -hmm. and two of those in the quadrant were family and business. Um, and I won't tell you what the other two were cause we don't have time. <laughs> and but, we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes. Sure. Yep. So um, on with the family church, they do need to go. They do need to do some business because they all because it's always family. Because it's always <laughs> fun and family and you know craziness. Uh, so if you're always building community and fellowship, you gotta get some work done sometime, yeah. uh, or you have to have some really strategic conversations sometime. Yeah, and so, uh, but I would say for most churches, it's going to be. I would suggest do pick one thing that you're going to really focus on and work on that's maybe a little bit bigger, uh, and spend the majority of that time on building relationships and fellowship with um, people in, amongst the staff. And a staff, the larger it is, the more likely it is to have clicks and do whatever you can to help break that down. I mean, people, yeah. you can't control who people are friends with and who you like and who you don't like, but you can be um, really uh, intentional about that and understanding that we need to lead a model, a Christ-like example of what biblical community is. And that's not just hanging out with the guys that we have natural affinities toward. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now when it Especially comes to... Especially on a, on a retreat. Yeah. And and when you think about that quarterly offsite review, uh, I mean, what does it look like for you to look at the competitive landscape? I don't think it's a matter of saying, hey, let's pull out the Outreach 100 and see how we rank or if we rank or who we can learn from on this and who's the best and how can we do all that. I mean, I don't think that's helpful in any way uh, to compare yourself in that way. But what you can do in regards to competitive and industry review uh, within a church context, what would it look like if every one of your ministry directors said, hey, this is what other churches are doing 
uh, in this ministry area and this is what they're finding to be effective. What can we, or this is what I've learned from them and I want to present that to everyone here, right? That kind of stuff can be helpful, uh, but just comparing yourself in, the, in that sense and saying they have this many people, we have this many people isn't necessarily going to be helpful. So I think one of the the uh, things that might be helpful to do, Brian Rose, Brian Rose from Oxano um, and I led a multi-site um, boot camp. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we asked people was, hey, list some things that you admire, uh, list some churches you admire. Okay. Now, what do you want to model or emulate? And then what do you absolutely not want to do? Okay. Yeah. Um, because there are some things that you might say, oh, you know, this is something that I really admire. This is something that I want to leave. Or this is something like that, that we don't want to do or we don't want to be. Um, but just playing that, you know, angel and devil's advocate or or whatever uh, is really, I think, an important thing to consider because you want everything to be contextualized to your church, uh, contextualized to your community, contextualized to your culture. And sure, there's a lot that we can learn from others, but we want to make sure that we apply those things accordingly with the the mission that God's given us in our community. That's cool. I really like that. Uh, and here's a, here's the other cool thing that we've noticed uh, in our pipeline conferences, and now it's called Blueprint Coach, Coaching, Blueprint Coaching, is that churches would actually, maybe it's not a quarterly, maybe it's an annual, but they would actually bring their staff teams to our coaching days because that is, in a sense, what we lead them through is a quarterly review, <laughs> right. right? It was an annual review. So it was cool to see teams come and, and for them to enjoy the city, for them to have team uh, time like that, but also for us to help them specifically solve a challenge that's going to help them in their ministry. So we would encourage you to check out that as well. Go to leadership.lifeway.com slash events, and you can hear and look at all the blueprint coaching events that are happening this next year in Orange County, in Austin, and in Nashville. We're all going to be talking about change. So what what would it look like for you to dream and leave with a 90-day plan for leading change in your church? All right. So as we come to the end of this podcast, what do you want to encourage our listeners to do this week in light of this book? Um, I would say really consider the types of meetings that we've talked about, the purposes of each one. Uh, And if you do, and if you add something very simple, which is an agenda, I know so many meetings that I've been to in every church I've ever been in don't really have one. Yeah. And even Um, if you have an agenda, make sure it's the right type of agenda Right. Per meeting. Because here's the thing. You need to have an agenda for your meeting because everybody that's walking into the meeting has their own agenda. Yeah. And so that's important. Doing those things, paying attention to what the meeting is, what type of meeting it is, and having that clear uh, expectation set will mean that you'll be able to move from painful meetings to productive meetings. Ooh, that's good. That's good. That should be the name of of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Couldn't think of any more peas, but no, that's good. Uh, my advice would be definitely pick up the book, listen to it, read it, take a look at it. But uh, the last thing that I'd say here is Lencioni talks about this idea of cascading messages, and he says at the end of the meeting, you need to be able to. Everyone needs to be able to communicate what happened, because not everyone 
let's say it's it's five of your ministry department leads are all in that meeting, or maybe it's you and your assistant, and you need to be able to talk about, hey, our, the youth pastor was missing from this meeting. Who's going to tell him about this or this or that? And, and who is responsible for communicating what? The whole idea of cascading messages is, hey, let's now sum up the meeting. What did we agree on? Who is responsible for what? And what is our message going out about this? Even if you took five minutes at the end of every meeting to do that, you're going to have a lot more clarity because a lot of times people are going to leave and they're going to hear not what you said, but what they heard. (laughs) They're going to leave with that. Mm, Yes. So to actually take five minutes rather than saying, okay, time's up, lunchtime, let's all go. Thank you, Lord, for this meeting. You know, (laughs) Godspeed. (laughs) Right. Instead of doing that, just, just take five minutes, sum it up recap and that's going to take you uh, a long way it's going to pay a lot of dividends in the effectiveness of your meetings all right so that does it for our podcast but before you tune out be sure to text in leadership the word leadership to triple eight triple one eight 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 one 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 and you will be able to download an ebook right away but also be entered into a book giveaway that we are doing this month and lastly If you haven't yet checked out Group Answers, the Group Answers podcast hosted by Chris Surratt and Brian Daniel, you're going to want to do that. Yeah. So if you lead a small group, if you uh, lead a small group ministry, if you're a part of a small group, this is going to be a great one to help you get better as a group leader and make your and help your small groups, the small groups in your church get better as well. So just open up your podcasting app and look up Group Answers. 